Welcome to episode 2 of Inside the Table, a tabletop RPG talk show. A show in which we talk about the craft of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Marley, you can follow me at minor underscore Lenahan, and my pronouns are he, him. And joining me today is my co-host, Cole. Hello, I'm Cole, aka Ice Cold Brew. My pronouns are he, him, they, them. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ice Cold Brew. And if it's your birthday today, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Um have a have a lovely day uh it's your it's 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 your birthday every day here and welcome before we start it's always important to start with a simple question such as how's it going so cole how are you going well right now i'm kind of going forward a little bit closer to my mic so you can hear me pronunciate clearly but outside of that i'm doing actually pretty well had a (laughs) day off yesterday and it was nice my partner and i kind of just laid on the couch and watched our house to as far as we could what's bow house the owl house is a amazing the owl house yeah it is a disney uh channel uh cartoon show made by dan terrace and she is a really wonderful, clever designer. It's the outhouse is an isekai. I don't know what that is. It, it, it is. It's like an isekai, like an uh, another world traveler person who is out of place in their own world goes to another world and learns about magic and witchcraft and demons and all this cool stuff. And outhouse becomes a really big turning point because they actually have a straight up queer character who. Uh, dresses in very non-binary ways and mm-hmm. uh, ha- it's very outspoken, very strange and weird. And you get to follow along the, all these little adventures. You have a like kind of found family trope in there as well where she meets the owl lady, uh, Ida, who is a very powerful witch who is also an outlaw and a criminal and says, fuck the cops a lot. <laughs> as- as you do in, in Isekai. <laughs> yeah, as you do in Disney shows, too. But yeah. yeah. It, it's wait, a, wait. So it's a Disney Isekai. It's a Disney Isekai. Yeah. It, okay. They've been doing a run of that because I also started watching Amphibia, and that's another example. But Amphibia is like a, kind of a weird one a, where they're like in a frog world. Yeah. I was going to take a guess at that. Yeah. And Amphibia has a different formula where it's more of, like, adventure of the day. and There's no, like, big overarching story until the end of season one, I think. I haven't caught, finished it all up. Okay. But yeah. You know, outside of that, the usual. Working, writing, screaming at my, at, into my microphone, you know. Yeah. And, Marley, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I saw, uh, last night I went to a movie night with some friends. And we sat down and watched The Prestige. Um, and do you know The Prestige? I, I remember The Prestige. I remember being it showed on, shown on uh, TNT when I was still young. I assume that's not an explosive. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, the, it's the magician one. about um, Which is, I think, the coolest film about a magician uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, is, it is, which is a bold claim. Um, and it's great. I really, uh, it's like one of those things where it has like a cool twist 
and it's really fun to like watch the film and like i was i was one of the the annoying people watching it where i'm just like oh isn't that interesting that they said that isn't it what do you think about that everybody and like two of the people we were watching it with like um hadn't seen it before and then two of us had <clears throat> And so there was just like we were going back and forth, being like, "Oh, this this moment that we saw, it's like like remember when this happens, and we can't go into details because the other ones will spoil it." But it was it was such a good film. It's it's really 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 fun, um, and it's it's really interesting watching it now and just being like, "This is just awful, men. All these men in this sh- film just suck. <laughs> like every single one of them, um, absolutely dreadful." Yeah, you know uh, in the pursuit of magic. You know, I I feel like men in the eighteen nineties were all terrible, and it's kind of just plateaued out from there, and even gone even lower. Oh, okay, I thought you said it's, it's it's all a step up from there. <laughs> but, no, it's downhill from there. Yeah, fuck it all. It started when men were created. I am making the basis for the show. <laughs> Take that, Adam. Yeah, fuck you, um, Adam. <laughs> Adam from Mythbusters, I'm watching you. Yeah. I don't know much about Adam from Mythbusters. Mm. He seems alright, but I don't know. He seemed, he's a cool guy. Adam Savage is pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to Adam Savage. Shout out to Adam Savage. Um, but yeah, no, I need to watch this because this thing's really interesting. I really, I do love the uh, the trope of people doing whatever it takes to outdo each other because yeah. all they have are their ego and that's it. It's what what really strikes me is um I've been listening to this uh Waypoint Plus podcast called Manhunting where they uh where uh, a bunch of people from the Waypoint staff and um um some other uh, websites come together to talk about the films of Michael Mann and like a consistent theme throughout all of them is like men obsessed with doing the best possible job at what they are doing and that all their family life and stuff it all gets neglected they're like obsessed with this one particular thing and in Michael Mann's case, it's like being a really good like uh, safe cracker, or like being a really good ki- uh, killer, or like being a like another kind of killer. Um, and it really strikes me that like uh, Christopher Nolan basically took that and made it about magicians. And like in the Batman films, he just makes a bunch of like I feel like he makes like two Michael Mann Batman films, and then he makes. Uh, uh the third batman film which is a a a charles dickens novel it's like tales of two city inexplicably um but it's great like i heard that like the the opening cut scene uh cut scene uh, opening scene of the dark knight where the 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 bunch of clowns from a bank was like stolen from something like some kind of michael mann type film and so it was just interesting like like knowing more about uh michael mann and about like how he does films and then visiting uh uh, christopher nolan and seeing how he does it and yeah it's interesting it was it was a really one of my my favorite films about magicians and it like it still felt the same as like the second time i watched it and just like knowing all the secrets and seeing it's all hidden around there and it's it's very very satisfying and so i recommend that film it's got some violence it's got some magic and it's got terrible men, and women are not treated very well in that film. It is it is very rough in that way. But that's a Christopher Nolan film. Hmm. Um, and yeah. So, from magic to 
something else. I can't think of a good uh, uh, segue. From magic to the lines that draws to create magic. And in that, we're going to talk about some uh, things that like inspired us. Yeah. Both of us have like different projects. We both yes. have very, very time-consuming schedules. God. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's yeah. fun. We both been playing one game in particular. It is a game yes. with a ring, and it is not featuring a blue hedgehog, sadly, yet. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't put a past it. Uh, uh, the game we are talking about is, of course, the old ring. The oldest ring of all, which is Elden Ring, which um, I have currently come close to finishing after 170 hours. Um, I have heard it can be completed in 90. I have done all the side quests. My character, um, whose name is Orland, like Orlando without the O, uh, and she's been basically running around beating up everybody, wearing all kinds of weird clothes, including strange mushrooms and and a, a cool starting prisoner helmet and mm-hmm. i'm getting close to finishing it which is which is a bunch of fun God. and um yeah it's been it's been it's i think it's it's a easy video game of the year i think it's it's a really fun very popular game um it is the new breath of the wild in some weird ways and yeah i've been i've been incredibly enjoying it and um you've been streaming it i have been streaming it and um i will say as much as i have been enjoying parts of elden ring it i don't think it's game of the year for me i think it's kind of really i do not know it it does have that breath of the wild feel where breath of the wild feel where you kind of just get to go out you look at something and say, I bet I can go there. And you go there. And then you get your ass kicked because you went there at the wrong time. Shout out to yeah. Kaled. Um Yeah, I love Kaled. Fucking love Kaled. What a terrible place. <laughs> what a shit or, place. Like, I fucking climbed up a tower and just like went, what's this tower for? Forgetting I haven't gone through any of the other towers in the game. Yeah. And God. Like. I love that so much. If I go through all my gameplay, online and offline streaming uh, Elden Ring, I bet you I could have a counter of where the fuck am I, where the hell am I, reaching up to the hundreds. Because I have gotten lost. I have been so confused and going, Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And to the point, like, I usually try to play something like that pretty blind. Yeah. And, uh, like, no backseating, no idea what to do. I gave up. I was like, I want to find this one person, and I want to do yeah. that quest. I want to do Ronnie's quest just like everyone else, because I love Ronnie. Yeah. Um, but Ronnie is... So, So for clarification, Caleb uh, uh, is a big fungus place filled with horrible hell monsters, and is inexplicably... Like, if once you get past like the opening little area, and you like find a little secret route, you can go there immediately... And it's absolute hell. And uh, Rani, uh, for clarification, is a cool blue witch with multiple cool arms. Cool blue witch with four arms, and uh, she loves your ho- uh, she loves your horse, and gives you some dogs when you first meet yeah. her. Yeah, and lies and about her there's name. Something, there's something else happening. I like started whatever her weird quest is, but I'm like, 
I don't really know. I've I've played enough of the game. Again, 170 hours, all the side quests, all the cool little like dungeons. I'm just like, I gotta finish this game. I gotta end this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's getting to where I'm at. I I I love Elden Ring. I will definitely probably be playing it more in my downtime when I feel like it, and just like kind mm-hmm. of playing it more casually. Yeah, but yeah, it's just not one of my tops. It's not. It's very much a very well game. A very good game, yeah. but it's not the best to me. It's not game of the year material, and a lot of it's just that big openness, um, that constant need to grind is not enjoyable either. Where like I I like getting new skills and new abilities, and I get that sometimes you will stat into stuff. Like I'm strength build, and I picked yeah. up faith and arcane because I was like, I you know I want to have a little something in my back pocket. But there are some parts of that game where, like, it's a barrier that's too high for me to take care of. At least with strength, I can put an item on and be like, I am buffer now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I, it's it's just too big. The game is too big. Like, Breath of the Wild was big, but was not unimaginable. And they gave you faster ways to travel, too, outside of just fast traveling. Hmm. That's true. What is your game of the year? My game of the year? Ooh, that's a question and a half. That's, um, a, that's a shitty question. What is the game you are enjoying this year? Because I feel like whenever it comes to, like, what is the best game of all time or something, it's, like, too much. What uh, is, like, the... What is a game you're enjoying is my question. Honestly? And so, a game I put a lot of time in would be Rocket League. But that's because okay. I'm in a franchise and I... Uh, run run a magic team, so I better know how to play Rocket League. Yeah. Um, I think overall, I think for this year, right now, it's Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is my goat back to game. It's a game I have been <laughs> repeatedly going back to and just killing time in while listening to stuff, while writing stuff down, because it's a game that will wait for me. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to change that with games like Disco Elysium, Norco, Kentucky, Route Zero. Oh my god! Wow, you just hit me with three amazing games that you absolutely should play. Sorry, continue. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think another one I've been having fun with has been Mountain Blade Banner Lord. But um, oh god, what is that? That sounds it's familiar. it's a it's a real time strategy game, but like it's like a character hero, but like not in the way of a samurai warrior. Where it's like you ride into battle, you swing your weapon once, you hit 20 people. It's like you kind of, you run an economy and you're, you know, you swear fealty to uh, some kind of monarch who I eventually plan to betray. I'm not going to lie. I'm just waiting until I build up enough reputation to do it quickly. Okay. Uh, Ooh. A game that is, I don't think would make (laughs) game of the year material. But it's pretty fucking close to my heart. Yeah. Bloodborne PSX by LW Media. Yes. I, okay, I'm going to talk about Bloodborne a little bit later. It mm. is, it is, I, I've been, um, I've been thinking a lot about Bloodborne. And then mm-hmm. we'll come to a, well, spoiler, dear listener. Uh, later on, we're going to do a show and tell little segment. And during that show and tell little segment, I'm going to be talking a, bit, a little bit about Bloodborne. But uh, yes, the the PSX. Uh, oh no, is it? Am I just saying PSX for no reason? No, that's like actually what it is. Um, okay, good. 
So to kind of explain what Bloodborne PSX is, it is a demake of the PlayStation 4 classic uh, beloved FromSoft IP Bloodborne. And essentially, uh, what LW Media, she spent a lot of time... She started it out as an April Fool's joke of, uh, hey, I made a fight with the Cleric's Beast and like on the PlayStation 1, what do you think? And people were so in love with it, she went, shit, okay, I guess I have to make this now. And so she yeah. made a legitimately, like, three to four hours long game where she mm. harkens back to some different lore. She made the Winter Lanterns. You get to experience what it would be like if Bloodborne did come out on a PlayStation 1. It has tank controls. It has uh, interactions with some of your favorite characters. Insight, instead of being used to summon people, it is instead used to unlock new stuff. You can put your mm. little messenger buddies in different hats and they do a little dance and you tell them whether they look good or they look like shit. And they have a yeah. dance or they cry if you tell them you, they look like shit. It's great. Um, have you heard about the sequel that she's working on? I probably should. I probably should, considering I'm in that Discord. Uh, uh, she is making a Bloodborne card. Oh, Yeah. Okay, that one, yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I thought you meant like a for real sequel. I, I was mean, like, I'm... I mean, I would that would be amazing. But um, yeah, God. that's the one I saw where like uh, she's actually adding in like visceral attacks into like into like a Mario Kart thing. <laughs> There's like combat as you're like riding around on this cool motorcycle. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it looks really cool. Yo, what the fuck is this? Sorry, um, I went to, I went to, the designer's name, her name is Lily, you can follow her at Botster, which yeah. is B-0-S-T-E-R. Yeah. Uh, but she just shared a really great game that reminds me very much of Goldeneye called Agent 64 Spies Never Die. And That's I'm gonna, beautiful. let me send this to you as well so you can get a look at this scene. I'm, I'm on the Twitter, I can see yeah. it. Oh my god. I love the idea of this game. Hold on, I need to also share it to some other groups as well. <laughs> welcome to Twitter Live. Yeah, welcome to let me tweet this game real quick. Welcome to Twitter on tape. God. Oh, it's really funny. Um, um Oh god. I'll have to It's great. Yeah. I also really like seeing like this kind of thing being made. Um like it's it's published on itch. It's like a small scale thing. And like it's it's cool seeing a big game like this. Mm -hmm. A game like this go big as well. Um, yeah. Because I... All right. I, I I will probably move on from this one, go to the next segment in a second. But um, I've been... I found that, like, I played Elden Ring, which is my first big uh, uh, FromSoft game that I've played while it's come out. Um, like, I previously played, like, Sekiro and a little bit of Bloodborne. Did not like Bloodborne. Um, but like Elden Ring has seeped into like a lot of the things that I'm working on. Um, like I, I was, I was doing a, uh, a game design course and like I had to come up with some kind of a pitch and I was just like, I was running around with my character who's like covered in mushrooms and like going through this like horrible, like there's a mushroom costume to be clear. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, it was, it was so much fun, like running around as this character and like being this horrible like 
weirdo who goes from place to place delivering train messages. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to make a vampire game. But instead of having vampires, I'm going to have a cool mushroom person. And so that that like sort of developed from being like me, like putting my 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 Elden Ring OC uh, into like a, a game project to like something this like really weird like narrative uh open world game that i'm working on which is thankfully very simple but it's um it's come to me a lot and just like thinking about all the weird world and thinking about like all the strange interactions you have has been like extremely on my mind and mm-hmm. has been like going through me uh uh going through my mind in a way that it has been different for me which is which has been a lot of fun um so yeah i've been i've been incredibly enjoying elden ring but i also would like to finish it and before we started doing the call uh i found out you can make a second character which is fun (laughs) because i'm like i want to revisit this old stuff and i've already done it and i've done all this sort of thing but it's good that i don't have to like finish the game in order to make a new character which i'm thankful for i um i will give elden ring this i think they have of the cast of characters across uh, I've only played Dark Souls one through three and Bloodborne across mm-hmm. the entire cast. I think they ha- have the more interesting quantity of characters that are like very yeah. interesting and cool to talk to. Yeah, Bloodborne still ha- tops it with Lady Maria in my opinion, but she's also in DLC, so I don't think that counts. That counts. People They're- say like that's the Old Hunters DLC. Yeah, that's like the best DLC of all time, though. People always say that. True. Again. I I have not played Bloodborne, but I have just watched so many playthroughs of it, and yes, that is my <laughs> expertise. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, well, this this seems like a really easy segue because um, uh, this is the show and tell segment I was talking about before. But I've been playing a game called Wandering Dreams, which is very much what if uh, Bloodborne was a not only a tabletop game solo uh journaling game but what if it was a roguelike um it is it is really cool i think it's um i want to get it up it's by cody Barr and without by carolyn e and the artist julian um who i can't find the full name of (laughs) and uh it is fantastic uh one of the one of the the interesting things for it is um i want to get the name of the system uh, but the basic thing is you have like a, a pack of playing cards uh, that you divide it up between suits and each of the uh, each of the suits determines like what event, what character, uh, what what loot you get, what item you get. Um, and I think like, what location? Yeah. The character event uh, thing location. And the structure of the game is you just basically like you, you choose a character um such as the the scholar of the old ones it's like the names are basically bloodborne but slightly different Mm -hmm. um you can play a weird fisherman you can play uh, a bunch of other things um and then you get to pick like what is your backs like why have you gone into the dreams because they don't they they never see yarnum or anything like that um and then you basically pick an event card before you arrive in a location um it will say something like um hold on i'll open it up uh like i i played it and i got uh paralyzing fear and -hmm. i'm like i just walked into this random place like i was like i was like guiding along a um a voice of the old gods or whatever and then suddenly there was a scream 
And then I'm in this like really old, uh, forgotten like uh, city. And I was like there, and then like, what do I encounter? I encounter um, a like a, a one-eyed wanderer, and and they're friendly to me because you can basically roll to see whether they're an enemy NPC, a friendly uh, uh, like an enemy NPC, uh, like a, a person standing guard, or a uh, or a friend. Yeah. And so I basically came across this wandering guard, which was this like one-eyed person. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun just because it was like, I, I picked this character. Uh, my first character was a scholar of the old gods. They, uh, were escaping prison. Uh, they went into this place like, and they were immediately like from the old man they used to be. They were immediately this young, like person they were when they were lost in the dreams 14 years ago before they were locked up. And they're like, okay, I have to find my way out. I have to get like, bring something back from the dreams to save me. And they're like a magician or something. They're like a, a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wandered around and they uh, died after two turns. And it was amazing because I'm just like, it was like me being like, oh, I just I just rolled to attack someone. I got a mortal wound and like, oh, I, I, I bought some healing items from this from this other character. So now I can just be like. I can just heal myself, but the item failed and I just died. And I'm like, Oh, how do I resolve this? And so I was just like, oh, I don't know. This is, this is, I'm going with this like terrible Gothic trope where it's just like, Oh, this is my escape from the terrible prison that I have died. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I have to do a new character, which is great because like in Bloodborne, uh, the usual thing is uh, when you die, you go back at the the lantern you went to sleep at and then you basically continue out you find your souls and you continue but with this one everything you've done up to now is gone the world has changed it's going to be very difficult to go back to where you were before and so like my second character was a solemnaut which is a class i made up because i was chafing against the system a little bit and i was like i have this person who's like a mercenary and the items they have are uh they have a automatic pistol they have i think i have a placed explosive and they have on-site procurement which is like a thing from metal gear solid where someone can just like go there and collect like useful items i was gonna say you're um, just playing snake from metal gear <laughs> i'm just playing snake from metal gear but it's like this cool blonde lady and i'm just like she she's like it, it opens up with her like visiting like i i like wrote this like i went i went way too far in I was just like, I want to write this cool story. I want to like see where this goes, because like in the initial thing, there was like the um, uh, there was my prisoner character was locked up by these people who were like waiting for this person to open the portal to the dream, so they could go into the dream and study it. And so this person has been there for fourteen years, had never done it because they know the moment they did it, someone would find out the method and try it themselves, and they wanted to stop that. And so the sequel which is the Solemnaut uh, uh, campaign or whatever, uh, the Solemnaut run, uh, one of these people who had been spying on this, the, the prisoner hires a mercenary to go in. Uh, like the, the description I got, the fun description I got was that uh, you, you, you find the ritual to enter the dream and you have to find another ritual to bring you back. And so I basically played it as like kind of like an astronaut who gets sent into space and has to build a rocket to get back, but it's in Bloodborne. And so it was rad. It was just basically like I didn't quite finish that 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 uh, thing just because like I was writing like 
I did two rounds of like going around to like different events and stuff. And like I had done, I written eight pages worth of words and I'm just like, I should stop doing this, but it's astounding. Like I, I was absolutely blown away by this game. Um, and it's, it's, I finally found the name of the damn thing. It is, uh, the system is called. Is it alone among, on a journey? Because I think this it's, reading this and looking at the page, it's based off Takuma Okada's uh, Alone Among the Stars. It, it could be. I think it's... Let me see. Uh, they I said... Like a tag on it. Yeah. Yeah, let's look at the tags, actually. I must be mistaken with another one. I think I was thinking of... Um... So it, it says that uh, uh, Instructive Hacking Design will be included... Uh, the hacking process is something I believe in greatly for everyone and would be interested in game design. I wouldn't have started this project without doing it myself. Some of my favorites include Tunnel Goons, Alone Among the Stars mm. by uh, Takuma Okada, and Take Root. Um, which I, I probably should go back and do these games. I assumed it was part of this, this is other like, like rule set of the game, which I think I was like, I basically sat down and was like, I want to play a solo RPG and I went through a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. but um yes i was i was blown away by how evocative this was um and how much fun um i was less intrigued by the structure of it because it's it literally says you draw an event card you draw a location card you draw a thing card um and then you draw oh no you draw a, a beings cl- a card so you draw an enemy card or a friend card and then you draw an uh, uh, an item thing, and I'm just like, I wouldn't do that because like I want to hang in this location for a little bit longer, and I want to do these things. And I was like, kind of like chafing against that, and I was also like coming up with my own custom uh, characters. But yeah. like, I feel like that was very much in 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 the thing. But, I bet um, you could like kind of adjust yeah. it for yourself, where you pace yourself on when you pull a card, or like if you you, you yeah. still have that d6, you can just roll it to give yourself a timer. And, yeah. you know, kind of like in how Munchkins works, you uh, you can opt to, like, kick in the door at some point, yeah. or you can wait for that timer to run out, or you can just bail. Yeah. It's 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 really cool because, like, it, it does, it's, um, it is, it is very open with how you deal with situations. Like, it basically has combat mechanic, which is roll a d6 uh, if it is, um, I'll try and get it in front of me um i recommend like buying this book and reading through it because like i can describe some of the mechanics but it is incredible and i, I genuinely re- recommend you go through it i'm not gonna lie um, i just did yeah it's like i i i got it i think in a bundle i got it the bundle for race racial justice and equality and it's just like one of the hundreds and hundreds of games i have um but yeah so so in combat one is severely wounds you or you have died two is the being is slain with minor injuries to yourself uh, three to four is the being is slain with minor injuries to yourself and five and six the be- uh, being is slain without a scratch but the alternative is you use an item and so you just roll a d6 one to two fail to use the item as you wanted and three to six means the item worked exactly as you planned mm. and so the way i was playing is is like i started with a bunch of characters who weren't using weapons or something like that or um i found like one time a character got like embraced in a love like like caught in a lover's embrace who is the blood starved beast and that was fun and so i did like have a fight but like at that time i could have used a weapon in my own understanding to have a higher chance of success um or i could use a healing item in the same way uh and it was great it was like a really interesting like 
like I I do wish uh it was less tied to a specific uh setting like Bloodborne, but I also found it was so much fun reinterpreting that and sort of making it my own. It's like it's it's fan fiction in a really really enjoyable way, and I think the system was incredible. And I absolutely because I did not realize this was um uh strongly inspired by Alone Among the Stars. Um, I must go back and play that because mm-hmm. I really like Tecuma stuff. Um, it's a yeah, that's what I've been playing. A hundred percent recommend that one just to try it out and see that. Uh, and um, just yeah. for the listeners as well, so you all know, Takuma Okada is the game designer behind games like Stew Pot, Tales from Fancy mm-hmm. Tavern, and uh, the Alone on a Journey series, which you can play alone in an ancient city, alone on a beach. And, of course, the popular ones being Alone Among the Stars and Together Among the Stars. All those last four, of course, are uh, journaling games. And Alone Among the Stars also has its own Twine version available as well. You can find those games over at noroadhome.itch.io. Again, that's noroadhome.itch.io. And uh, uh, I saw recently that Stewpot had also been I got a cool new update, which I'm ext- I haven't read through yet, but I'm extremely excited to do so Ooh, because uh, Stewpot was my first uh, Takuma game, and it rules. <laughs> yeah. Um. I another thing before I move on, um, because I want to hear about your game. Uh. But I ha- the Wandering Stars was crowdfunded, which is amazing. I had no idea that was a thing. There's like an itch crowdfunding thing. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like, itch has crowdfunding now. You can buy, yeah. you can pay in to be like, hey, we like the idea of this game. We want you to expand on it. Here is money to support that. And that and as long as you have a connection to your itch account, I think you get like access to uh updates, of course. You get access to extra content. Um yeah. you get specialty stuff as well. Uh it's a way to collect information if you want stuff mailed to you too, if I remember right. Which I think is a good direction for itch to go in. Uh, don't know how yeah. effective it is because I'm not on that side of the fence yet, but we'll see. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like kind of cool because like I saw that in like this game raised like a thousand dollars, which I think it really deserves, and it's mm-hmm. like kind of cool to see like that kind of funding model uh, existing. Uh, I'm not. I gotta double check to make sure that it was funded through um, there. But yeah, um, so from Bloodborne. Yeah. Two. <laughs> From Bloodborne, we kind of go to another, what I consider like a very, very interesting game. Uh, something that's yeah. a little bit different, and I'm trying to find where I clicked it. There we go. We kind of go to a game that is just as brutal as Bloodborne, in which you, in a similar way, fighting against a disease, you forgot, you fight against an entire season. And the game I'm going to be talking about is uh, The River by Ava Ayers. This game, to me, is really interesting. Its uh, decision mechanic is done by playing Texas Hold'em, which for yeah. those who are unfamiliar with, this is a type of po- uh, alternative rules poker game in which all players in the house get two cards sent to them, and there is a selection of five cards uh, the that uh, play out, you have, which are like the bridge, the something, and the river. But basically, your two cards can also use the five cards in the table. And uh, you basically go for the winning hand through that. Uh, this game, to me, is really fascinating. Um, it is a need at least two players and up to six. It's possible to play by yourself, but you need a deck of 52 cards. 
And in order to play this, you must understand how to play some parts of Texas Hold'em, which I believe, if I remember right, um, Ava, I'm sorry, I said her name wrong. Ava, yeah, Ava I said it right, never mind. Uh, Ava puts a link into where you can learn about Texas Hold'em. But yeah, it. I haven't had a chance to play this yet because I haven't really, this game works well. If you need a time skip, if you want to put a campaign in pause and you mm-hmm. want, but you want dramatic things to happen to your character in that time. Um, if I was playing like a D&D campaign, if I want to go to my Blades of the Dark game, or if I wanted to go to, if I was playing in a show at one point and wanted to say, hey, let's make some bonus content. We're going to play The River by Ava Ayer. So we're going to talk about what our characters lose in the cold winter. I think this is the exact ideal game. It's very interactive. The stakes are very uh, tense. And the players are not playing against each other. They are playing against a season of winter uh, themselves. Uh, it talks about like what the players are willing to sacrifice. It talks a lot about players giving stuff up in order to forage and survive during the darkest weeks of winter. And winter... And this could mean a lot of things. Um, in the game, it uses it more towards like a hunting theme, a metaphor theme, a community survival theme. But that survival can stretch out to urban areas. It can stretch out to, it could stretch out to extra planar if you want to go through space. If this is like a scum yeah. and villainy game or a lancer game, Th- there's a. A lot of options in this. Um, Everyone gets to play as a hunter, and we all share a vulnerable drilling in the community. And we want to help out the villager sediment. Uh, It's it's nice, and I think it plays better if you play it with an idea of what you want to happen in the end. You know? Okay. Kind of similar to... um, when you when you introduce a world building game or if you want to break people if you want to break the characters down and give them time to have their like mid-season arc yeah um you play like a holiday game you play something like kingdom or follow fiasco and you yeah. make it to where that change is very tangible for those characters does it uh have a described ending or is it like one of those games where like you were saying you had to pick your own ending uh so they have a section called finishing up and so in order to play the game you play four hands and also in this all the suits in the hand uh means something uh spades the days are dangerously cold and snow is falling in great amounts clubs is illness has spread in the community uh diamonds is the cost of living in the community has gone up hearts is infighting is broken out between members of the community these cards all represent something when they are played uh, hands up in the hands of winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also change according to what the characters have. So, you know, if I have if my first card is a spade and my second cl- card is a club, uh, I can go to a table and says travelers are here with stories to tell. You know, everyone's cards are different. That's and you play about cool. four hands of text hold them in this way. And after you play four hands, uh, you converse about the conditions of the homestead and community as the darker weeks of winter end. And then it can extend into 
it it goes into more of a freeform play, my understanding of this, in which it's more dialogue based. Uh, you kind of keep talking about like how did the stuff, how did this event affect our uh community after winter is starting to be less harsh. It's okay. I need to play this at some point. I'll probably uh, bring it up with some friends in the future. Or play it's it. It's really interesting because, like, from what I understand, Texas Hold'em is fun. Mm-hmm. People play that for enjoyment. And yeah. so it'd be really interesting to play, like, something that is... Um, there's, like, a line on the itch page, which is, uh, instead of betting money, you'll be betting pieces of a fragile life threatened mm-hmm. by cold and hunger, which... That's a different thing like playing mm-hmm. to win money is very different to betting pieces of a fragile life yeah. it could be great you could get lots of fragile life at the end but it's i i am very intrigued to hear how like how this plays i also really like that it has an ending like it has you have this amount of was it four yeah four it's basically four points. hands you play four hands and then you wrap up yeah that's that's cool yeah, um, I've definitely had map building games where it just kind of says, keep playing till you feel like you don't want to play anymore. Or it's like, it's it's like Wondering Dreams. One of my things that I don't like about Wondering Dreams is it doesn't really have an end point. You just keep playing until it comes to a close. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a, a lot of the games that use decks and that kind of thing tend to be over long. And I like that it has like something inbuilt that is just like this amount of hands and then it's over. Um, I like short games, I'm finding. For sure. I feel like if I was playing Wandering Dreams, I'd probably like split up all the cards and then I would just cut the four separate uh, suits in half and just like remove those cards from the head. Yeah, even that's a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I I played, I think I did like six cards and it took me about, it was like eight pages of of writing and I think it was like a couple hours. Yeah. I I was doing too much, but yeah. I will say journaling games are absolutely great, especially if you love writing. But like when you are investing in them, it is an investment. You have you will be playing that like you are playing a uh, tabletop session, which yes. for you know from on average like three to five hours for yeah. some people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I also wonder if, if like similar to the river, like whether it, if it, you just play it at a table, like with other people, could it be more interesting? Like collectively describing it, would it be as long or like shorter? I think it'd be um, longer. Depend. I think it depends on the table, but I know if I go to the role plus bond community, I say, Hey, who always played this game and just like. And say, you know, something like Scum and Villainy, Armorister, Advent, uh, Blades in the mm-hmm. Dark, or something like that. And say, do you all remember your characters? Do you still have your character sheets? Great. Pick your character. We're all going to sit down. We're going to play this game called The River. And we're going to see what those characters yeah. lose. Yeah. My god, I I wonder, is it very sad, this game? It probably is. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Is there a happy ending? <laughs> the happy ending is you win the hand if you're lucky. Yeah. It, it, like, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I think it's another kind of theme I like about this game is very much like going to a table. You are risking something when you play this game for your character. Your character yeah. is taking a gamble to ensure that they will come back with something worthwhile. Yeah. And... 
like a lot of gambling tables, the house always wins. Yeah. And the trick is you play as the house. The tr- that, you mm-hmm, can't lose. Mm-hmm. That's how this game works. There's a house flare. No. <laughs> yeah. The trick yeah. is you just take them, you keep eating the cards when the uh, dealer isn't looking. Yeah. As with all games, that's how you win. The best way to win a game is not to play. Uh, yeah, it looks good. I also really like the art of this. I've been like skimming through it as we've been talking, and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, what if there's witches and 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 deer people and stuff? And it seems to be more broad and like more open to this. But like, I would like to play the game that has these specific visuals in it. Honestly, yeah, that that would be really fun. I the whole nature versus technology conversation is very worn out and overdone but also it's still really cool yeah um yeah if you really want to see a good example of that please check out old gods of appalachia yes i've been listening to that one. Oh god that first season is very strong and has that witch versus like de- uh deer vibe demon vibe going on <laughs> oh the, the classic witch versus deer fight that everyone loves yeah <laughs> It's you know, they tell fight. you you take life by the horns, but they never mention that the horns are actually antlers. Yeah. No, I remember that one. That had a really, like, the I think the story you're referring to is incredible. Mm-hmm. That, like, the cool witch tale where, like, a deer comes and approaches and just asks, makes strange requests and does weird magic. So I'm just like, yeah, that fucking rules. Yeah. Oh, um, God. I bet we could find another game that has that kind of energy, too. There's um, hundreds. Oh god! I, for like, sure. and it's also like as as exemplified with a game like this, where you can just you can bring it into any game you like. Mm-hmm. Um, having cool witch, like I feel like the uh, the I mean the rough genre is weird west, but that's like kind of different. But like I'm sure there's a bunch of like western ish games where you're like you know running around and there's weird animals and there's witches and there's all kinds of strange demons and old gods and stuff like that. God, um, that does sound like Red West. But more importantly, you know what that does sound like? <laughs> what does that sound like? That sounds a lot like San Fiel. <laughs> it does, which uh, which is which is part of our uh, our new news segment. Uh, uh, also, Red West is an American actor, film stuntman, and songwriter. Red West um, <laughs> is also a hack of uh, a sparked by resistance game made by Briar Sovereign, aka Ware Gazelle designer of the brightest things we know and yeah. Armorister Advent. Shout out to Briar. Briar's fucking amazing. Yeah, I've I've skimmed through that one. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so 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 this is our new segment in which we talk about the recent happenings in the broad world of, of, of tabletop RPGs and, I, I guess, just news that will concern us. Uh, Sung Fiel uh, is a, uh, a, the, the latest season of Friends at the Table, which is a podcast that me and Cole uh, really, really, really like. Uh, and it has come to a close. It was a, um, a season where they played uh, Grant Howard and Christopher Taylor's uh, Heart, the City Beneath, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. And they set it in their own setting. It was extremely cool. They had like gods of uh, like frog gods of wealth. They had uh, the chitin crow, uh, like trickster crow person, a bunch of like extremely odd gods. And they played through uh, what was initially pitched as sort of like a Hellboy, Weird West, 
uh, kind of tale in which like nothing was really certain. Like the question of reality was very uh, like there wasn't like a single answer for anything like, you know, uh, where people came from wasn't certain, you know, what everything is. Um, and yeah, they, they finished up recently. They did their um, uh, post-mortem, which I listened to, but Cole um, hasn't. And so I will not talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really good season. And I just thought we'd take a moment to be like, remember the season that was? What was our favorite moments? What was the thing we really liked about it? And just, just have, some, have a, a moment of reminiscence. So... Cole, what is your favorite memory of Song Fail? <laughs> so, I think my favorite bit was probably just Lilac and fucking it up, which is a yeah. lot. That's a lot of moments. So, figure out which one I mean. But um, yeah, I, 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 I will. I'll step in here. We, we shouldn't spoil it too much. Like, I want this to be a f- sort of a fun thing. But like, if people haven't heard it. You should you should have a listen to it or like hear it in a broad terms. But let's spoilers lay like and fucks up, but just like we'll we'll keep it vague. Yeah. Just to I, lay the ground. <laughs> I think just to kind of go into the mechanics of the season itself, I love the the differences and how people played it. So uh Lilikin was played by Keith uh Jay Cardberry. Shout out to Run Button. Um hmm. you could and uh he played a junk mage. And what does a junk mage yeah. do? They mess with junk. And it was a great example of just being that character that dug around for as many resources as possible. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting to hear him negotiate and like, okay, can I break this down? Oh, I don't want to give this up. I'm actually going to hold on to this. And just getting into more trouble because of it. Um, I thought yeah. that was really fascinating. I think a lot. Like, uh, I think Lycan was uh, my favorite character at the end of the season. Yeah, it's like it's particularly like it was it was my big introduction to the system of heart, mm-hmm. uh, which had um, which is a very like it, it is a game about like collecting random treasures and then spending it to heal or to do magical powers and the way like Keith played that character was incredible because he would just like walk into a room and just be like. Uh, is there anything cool here? And like, just all the time collecting junk, as mm-hmm. you say. And it was like really funny because it was uh, Austin Walker, the uh, uh, the GM of that game, was uh, like always like coming up with like random stuff. And all the other characters, were, like, I don't have anything because they never asked. But like Keith came in and just like has like just so much weird stuff. It- like just had like like explosives, had like a a, a jar of like a, a flask of ghost water mm-hmm. and it was just it's I, I love that game like i remember like listening to that and just being like i adore how this game does items specifically like i want to make a game that is very much just uh uh like weird items mm-hmm. and so whenever you like have to sell something you know the story where it came it's not just credits it's not just gold it is you know a piece of paper with a famous signature on it or whatever yeah and i adore that I I will say, like, that was a good example. The mechanics of that, too, is why I fell in love a lot. I, because, like, when you learn, oh, there's a trick to this game, this is the underlying mechanic that, like, encourages you to get entangled more. It's just resource yeah. building and resource building. Um, Which, yeah. 
by not doing that gets you in trouble. But also, yeah. so many of those classes need you to burn resources in order to tap into them. Uh, you know, like Jack, they played a Shape Knight, which is actually the Remissian Knight from the playbooks, which you feed yeah. your armor. And your armor, depending on what level resource that is, you get access to a domain. You can do something with your armor. It's really cool and interesting. You or can flip um, out a bit, I think. Oh no, yeah. that might have been a different class. Where was it? You like 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 Jack had a thing where they could just like become extremely weird. Like their description. That was a bonus. Uh, that was a bonus thing from a supplement called Icker Drowned. Yes, which is I also want to talk about that later, but it's really Icker Drowned's cool. cool. Drowns yeah. very cool. Uh, and, you know, you also had the cleaver pl- uh, that art, not art, wow, um, that Dre played, Andrew Lee Swan played. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> God, he played a, shit, what was, what was the, what was the character's name? Yeah. Chine. Chine. Chine was great and also concerning as a character, yeah. but, like, Good on Dre for keeping to that character's idea. Yeah. Which, like, what is the character's idea to give a, a brief summary? Um, so the cleaver in the setting is basically control, uh, um, is a kind of murder machine and they are very in tune with the weird and heavy <laughs> and they can change their form according to that. Uh, yeah. And they follow something the spirit of song fiel called the course yes uh i'm not going to get into the specifics of what happens but cleavers can be in tune with the course and can change their body and shape in very weird and different ways it's a real yeah uh to kind of reflect the true nature of the course which is very much so earlier i mentioned the technology versus nature uh theme i think song feels where they get it right yeah it's like a good example of like I hate the theme, but this is a really cool cool use of this uh, theme. Yeah, there's a. You should listen to the postmortem because there is a moment where specifically uh, Austin talks about the the way nature and colonialism interact, and it's like it's a surprising response, and I'm just like, that's very interesting. I'm how, so excited to listen Austin to that. About it's it's a really good thing. I recommend listening to the whole season, but also listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh. a, another thing about China I want to point out is like the uh, the character is sort of seen as like the antibodies of the land itself, and that's really cool. Like the weirdness of this of this location, yeah. Of this uh, uh, and it's like they send in cleavers. Like cleavers occur naturally. They're like people made strange, and they're like weird little witches or something who just like come in. And might side with monsters or something like that. And it's, um, as someone who was very into The Witcher 3 years and years ago, it's really cool to see that, like, turn up again. And yeah. like, see that character. Yeah, if you play Heart and if you like The Witcher, play a Cleaver. You will have so much yeah. fucking fun. Yeah. It's incredible. And also, I also want to say, uh, uh, with, with, uh, Sanfiel is it got me into Trains. In a very strange way, because uh, in the in the original tra- uh, setting they had, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's like I've been watching video, but in the original setting of um of Heart the City Beneath, there is the Vermissian tunnels, which are like haunted but empty train lines, which sort of breaks uh 
break reality. They're like weird shortcuts, strange things are happening, and there's like one train on them. In Sungfiel, they have the shape, which is a train line filled with evil trains that like drive straight through like cities, demolish things. Uh, people get on and can't get off. These things are alive. There are god trains. There is just the the world building episode of that is of Sungfiel is amazing, just because they go through all this bizarre stuff and it's 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 really really fun um but it's just cool because like like we said before there's a character called the shape knight who is like a cowboy slash um uh slash uh a dragon hunter who just goes and tries to defeat trains and is like riding around on horses uh they've only defeated one train in the history of the world and it's they're trying to defeat the second and just like seeing uh 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 pikmin uh jack's character sort of interact with their god or her god the um pikmin's god um is is so much fun like as that sort of goes and as this sort of like relationship changes throughout the season it's um incredibly enjoyable and i've been like going from that to watching like like tom scott videos which is which is a fun youtuber who just has like a bunch of things about public transport and about like different ways people have made trains and i've just been like sitting there for like like literally doing my my getting lost in youtube for several hours just like learning about trains or like sitting and watching like a train move through scotland and just being like that's really interesting and like looking at pictures of trains Mm -hmm. um and it's yeah it's a it's a tremendous uh season um they they they've said that um they have struggled with uh the system and they're like probably won't be returning to it but just like it is a really fun exploration of uh of that system and um it makes you want to play even though they say they have an absolutely terrible time heart seems like a really good game from that um so shout out to friends at the table shout out to that season should have a check out um yeah i will say i think song is definitely one of their more out there seasons but it is a good first season if you've never listened to it and want to jump into it uh i mean i started off with counterweight that was my intro and then Mm -hmm. went to marielda from there and then finally caught up once they were doing twilight mirage which is their longest fucking long season it's a good season but it's long and it's confusing (laughs) yeah i uh didn't realize this until i had finished the season but i apparently had skipped like two arcs on accident and i never yeah. realized it until they mentioned it in the post-mortem <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that That's was back in the funny. time when i was like working restaurants a lot so i was just like listening to whatever i could while i was just like rolling silverware yeah what yeah i i don't know what your job is but it sounds like it rules because i used to work in retail and like, it's probably you probably work in a restaurant that makes sense but uh like no for longer. me i used to work uh, which one uh i no longer work in a restaurant but that okay. was burdensome that's a whole separate yeah. discussion that is true i used to work in retail and they did not give me an opportunity to sit down and listen to podcasts which i'm sad about mm. but i also know people who like who used to like drive trucks and they listen to podcasts a lot and it was not satisfying so i don't know <laughs> uh yeah uh so from that from twilight mirage to a 
sleeping mirage. To talking about oh. gods and a god of sleep that reminds you yeah, to put talking your about candle a, out. Talking about a god of sleep, which we, we did mention slumbers, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we mentioned slumbers. Uh, Sandman's out. The uh, the new trailer for Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Yeah, this uh, came out June 6th. Um, I actually have not seen the season, uh, seen the entire trailer. But from what I've seen so far, they have picked some Mm. amazing casting choices. Um, Yes. I am honestly really excited to see how this goes. Uh, I am curious how... If it's going to be pretty detached, um, if it's still going to be like DC Cinematic Universe adjacent at all, or no. if they're going to wipe away I the part. I extremely doubt Superman's going to turn up. That does not seem... Well, that's no. my, I mean, I could be wrong, but... Well, no, uh, Batman shows up and John Constantine show up in the Sandman comics. In the comics, yeah, but I don't think they're going to do it in this one. My so the latest trailer, I, I I watched it and it was, it's like it it felt too much like a modern fantasy epic trailer where it's just like music was swelling and like big things were happening and then odd things are happening and I was like sitting there watching it like I love Sandman. I read Neil Gaiman's comic, all of it. I I um I think I encountered it first as a kid. Thought it was really frightening returned to it in my uh, early 20s and was just like this is great this is a really fun story they're doing really uh, uh neil gaiman and uh, uh his collaborators did a lot of really fun things with like what was going on uh and watching this trailer it feels like the initial the, the, this trailer in particular was a bit like i don't really know they're going for a vibe that i don't quite feel is right because it feels like a a film that I've seen before. It feels like the the Sorcerer's Apprentice or something like that. Yeah, and I'm like I don't know if I want to watch that. But I after watching this trailer, I watched the original trailer. I'm like that rules. They got it. They nailed it. They 100 percent got that. And so I'm hoping it's just that it is a weird uh, trailer for it. Um, and I I'm excited to see where that goes because. Uh, like like you said, the casting is incredible. It's got uh, Gwendolyn Christie, Christie as as Lucifer. It's got I don't know how I feel about the the Sandman guy because all I know that guy from is from the boat that rocked, and like I I I can foresee he he can act very well, but I'm like whenever I look at this character, I'm like yeah, you are that sleazebag character from that terrible <laughs> from that film that I don't like anymore. <laughs> Um, and they also the eyes are different. I know that's not a big deal, but in in the Sandman comic, uh, uh, Morpheus, the the god of dreams, had like eyes that you looked in and saw stars, and it was just a black sky. And this one, guys, just got normal eyes, and I'm like, that's a shame. I really wanted that, but I don't know. I'm intrigued by this. I I will I will see what happens with this. Um, but yeah. Uh, you yeah. still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry. I was looking at something and got very distracted. Uh, right. You know, I started getting into the fathom of an idea and started thinking a little bit about some <laughs> interesting games. And speaking of really interesting games, there's a great playtest that just got pushed out by some wonderful <laughs> yes. uh, friends we know from Roll Plus Bond. And I think you know more about this than I do, so I'm going to let you take the lead on I that. Did. 
so so uh, we were to- uh, talking previously about like Song Fiel and about how it is exploring hard, but they also had like a number of like really good supplements. And one of the the ones that stood out for me the most was uh, a game called uh, a supplement called Ica Drowned, in which the heart, the city, the setting of the heart, the city beneath, got flooded by water, and so you have like cool ships, and you have like kind of piratey characters and like new like people into this area. Um, and that was, um, I believe, hold on, who it was? It was Brennan McLeod, and also uh, who is the other co-writer for that one? I want to say Cillian. Brennan McLeod. Uh, Cillian. Uh, I think that sounds right. I am on a different one. Whoopsie. Uh, cover art by that. Uh, yeah. So it was it was by Cillian L. And uh, Brendan McLeod. Mm-hmm. And um, I was basically like, okay, this rules. I bought it myself. It's an absolutely beautiful uh, book. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to follow Brendan. And Brendan recently, uh, I think the last couple days, I don't quite remember when this was released, um, at least five days ago, according to the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the game Fathom was released which is um i wrote in my notes that it's kind of like a surrealist cyberpunk thing um it lists its inspirations as everything everywhere all at once dark city void heart symphony uh void heart symphony uh the scp and the art of dave mckean um it is it is currently free to check out and it is absolutely beautiful like it is um as someone who's sort of like looking at like how do you design like a zine and how do you like make it a zine and how do you like make it look good this one does it really well um it is um i would describe it as kind of like uh, i think it describes itself as a, a mixture between blades in the darks like downtime mechanics and heart the city beneath like sort of core mechanics um and you're sort of uh in this like strange surreal city you like go to different like depths of reality you like play a bunch of incredibly cool like playbooks uh one of which seems to be inspired by pokemon there's uh what's that thing the the keeper uh it says on the on the itch page um which is just fathom f-a-t-h-o-m um uh the keeper is the guardian of a strange unreal creature who must contend with its its incredible strength and dangerous capabilities um which i read through that it it's it cites uh venom like uh, eddie brock's venom and also scooby-doo uh and it's an incredible like i just i was i, I haven't had a chance to read through all of it but i've skimmed through and it seems like the uh, an incredibly interesting and like strange little uh um product i'm particularly interested in seeing how they approach uh things like the downtime mechanics like i really want to like like I've, i i want to do so much more reading than i have been doing but it's just like it's uh there's so many really good games that i've like sort of been skimming through yeah i um i will say my mm-hmm. biggest barrier to this game right now is i have a trouble reading any game that's over 100 pages yes. that's a personal yes. thing that's nothing against the creators they're amazing no, people yeah. um i just have trouble I'm exactly the same. I'm I'm also the person who's just like, I want a cheat sheet. I will work from the cheat sheet. I've played so many games that are just like, what does the the character sheet say? 
what do this quick start rules say and just go from there mm-hmm. um i a lot of these games encourage like being creative with a setting and like coming up with their own stuff and that's great i love just like sitting down and coming up with that myself and not having to refer back to a book in fact like being drawn too closely to a book is like very limiting but these are great there's so much great writing in this. There's so much great writing in 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 both this book and like things like the uh, heart, the city beneath, uh, which I really wish I had more time for. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I want to play hard again so bad, but yeah, it's just me too. I haven't played it before. What am I saying? <laughs> I have played it once, and my GM was actually Brendan at that time. Oh, great! Yeah, no, it was great. We had a uh, giraffe anaconda attack our boat at one point classic and i played a himbo <laughs> vermissian knight who thought he was helping God. by having a innocent person's hands dive deep into another person who was melting and turning into an angel yeah. heart is that's weird that's the game <laughs> such that's a the game. Weird game yeah um another thing i wanted to bring up is uh uh the 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 um do i have a list of this thing so so the the cover art in each page is by yuri uh runnell and it's beautiful. It's um this the overall art style of this game is is very much like a disco Elysium uh uh skill screen. If you if you Google like skills disco Elysium, you'll have like a bunch of like bizarre, strange, surreal images. And I love this. I've been like really drawn to it. Um it also has a bunch of art by the AI, uh, uh, Wombo, I don't know how you say that, whether it's W Wombo.ai, yeah. The Wombo.ai thing. And I thought it was kind of interesting to, like, think about this, because uh, recently on, on Twitter, there's been the Dali or something? I think, yeah, I think it's called Dali. I think Dali's, like, the pay one. Yeah. There's, like, there's, there's, there's been a bunch of, like, AI-generated art that's been sort of coming up. Dali Mini. And it's there it is yeah i've been i've been sort of thinking about this because like it is it is a strange thing ai art it is um because like on one hand i do like that there is a lot of like high quality really cool art that is freely available and i know that for a lot of creators it is difficult to like like it like it is cheaper to use an ai than it is to use art and I'm not saying that this is like they are like taking art away from like like people. They do a specific stylistic choice in order to come up with their art. Mm-hmm. But I think it's 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 very interesting to see like like this game in particular, which is again it, it seems like a surrealist sort of cyberpunk story using very surrealist cyberpunk art in this way. And I don't know. I just I wanted to sort of like like uh, point that out and sort of see that this kind of art like fills the book and it's it's very beautiful but it's also like i don't know how i feel about it, it, it it's intimidating i do have the dolly mini uh web page pulled up can you give me a quick prompt as uh, i kind of talk about this uh dangerous bears smiling oh i'm gonna hate this all right click run too much traffic please try again too much traffic Ooh, do i have too many pages open I do have a lot of links open at the moment because I'm a clown. <laughs> uh, uh, shit. But yeah, no. Uh, so my one, my notice there is problems with AI art. AI art, yeah. Uh, 
you can get a lot of different combinations. It can be a good, it's a good touchstone for inspirations. Hmm. Um, but the, hold on. Like, I feel like it's, it's almost interesting. Like the thing I would like to like do is just like, like hear like Brennan, like talk about why, um, I, what did Brennan's pronounce? He, him? He, uh, he, him, if I remember correctly. Let me, I'll get a double check on that while you talk. Yeah. Apologize. If I, apologies if I got that wrong. Pretty sure it's he, him. He, him. He, him. Okay, yep. Confirmed. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by wh- why that, that, that choice is made. It, it looks astounding is the thing. Like the things that were like, were, were gone with this sort of thing is incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my, this is my personal hope. Um, I have no yeah. say in this. I hope the AI art is more of a placeholder and the hopes that like, they want uh after getting crowdfunded they'll get some people to make something similar to that but yeah. also understand like the theme and the tone of fathom ai art is actually the perfect uh medium to get those inspiring images like you can look in the book and you can tell after that first page after yuri's page yeah. a lot of the images in there have to be made by AI, and that's to give you an idea of what the fathom looks like, what the unreal looks like, and I think that's really interesting to go that direction. I yeah. do fear that more people will be going in that direction. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool book to check out. Um, I really want to sit down and have a read through it and like see how this goes. Um, and yeah, uh, so we'll need another transition. Yeah, uh, we, we have you got anything? <laughs> I got it. I got it. I did. Yeah. We did talk about Elden Ring earlier, and Elden Ring yes. is again another really fascinating game to the point that some people have actually made, uh, basically a one for one. And from what I'm reading so far, a one for one, uh, single player journaling RPG with the option of like it being two player. My understanding, okay, based on my discussion with some friends. But Gila RPG, uh, created the Lumen system. So if you think about Light, Nova, Slayers, um, whole bunch of games using the yes. Lumen system. Uh, Gila RPG has made the game Rune and actually released a playtest for that very recently, like five, six days ago. What uh, happened five, six days ago? Everyone's doing this. Yeah. Uh, it just happened to be a good time. I think it's pro- weirdly enough. I think it's just like it happened to line up a lot uh, of time for game releases. But this is a really cool single player RPG. It's when broken it? up. It in comparison to when we were talking about Wandering Dreams earlier, this is more closer to what I would consider Ironsworn would be. But this is a very okay. different, unique system. They are broken up into different play styles. And instead of being called the Tarnish, you're called the Engraved, and you have to go fight Rune Lords. <laughs> you go into realms. It's very, very cool. Um, you have a map, you have sigils, you get to describe each realm in a very unique way, and then you can change gear. Uh, I have yet to play this as well. Um, I don't know. I... I saw a combat grid. Yeah, I was going to say, there is a combat <laughs> grid. It's a 4x4, four four, which is interesting. I, I, I say that, but I, I've played a lot of, like, 
Dungeons and Dragons games where that was a really fun part of it. Oh yeah, I did enjoy moving around, and I like tactical games. So what am I talking about? Mm-hmm. I who did the art by this, by the way? That's a great question. Let me look at Charlie this. Ferguson Avery. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like really fun sketches of like like cool little what are they called? What are the the people the engraved? Yeah, is that right? It, like cool little bits of engraved, and I really like the little tiny little sketches of that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this game has clocks. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it has. It specifically got a night and day clock, which I saw, which is a really fun way of using a clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, the, it is out in playtest right now. Um, mm. It just reading this it does feel a little bit crunchy and that you have to follow everything step by step but you get to explore and like talk about uh things that are in your realm uh what all is around the area and what the combat looks like as you fight Uh, i i don't think i would play this by myself i do love this game i love the idea behind it a lot i think it would be Mm. a great two-person rpg yes is it like, hold on, like, I, I'm not sure how far you've read in, but is it a game where it is a, a, a GM and a player, or is it like two players working together? I I think it could easily be a GM and a player, just someone to help bounce okay. off ideas of what's in the realm. Or yeah. there, there was another two-person RPG where the player side and the GM side kept the player and GM roles would flip and flop back and forth after every realm so this way you had like a you got like a refreshing perspective on how to play yeah um that could be interesting mm -hmm. it i find i don't know how i feel about that because i'm always i need a lot of preparation to be a player which is weird it's usually the other way around but i'm like i i i don't know i'm intrigued how it does it Mm -hmm. if it if, if that is how it is done yeah, it it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to reach out to a friend of mine who was really excited about this, and I'm going to see yeah. if we can find time either this week or next week to uh to play and to yeah just play a few rounds and be like, okay, how do we feel about this? And I might even just like record, uh, see if we can sit down, record it, talk it out, and uh, that would be good. I would love that. Yeah, I was tempted to do something similar with my playthrough of uh of wandering dreams like like i did write out some of it but i'm also like thinking like that was just me figuring out the game but it would be really interesting to play like something like that over a microphone (laughs) so we'll see what we do with that yeah manar yeah there's an there's a gear system in this game that tells you about what weapons to use whether you can switch stances hello (laughs) what the (laughs) fuck is it a is it is it a good inventory system? <laughs> uh, it's abstract from what I can tell. Gear represents the armaments, weapons, spells, and more that the engraved carries with them into combat. Gear is split into two categories: weapons and utility. You can carry two weapons during <laughs> combat, and then let's look at gear. Uh, and this can include armor, amulets, and rings, and can have two pieces of utility gear. I'm gonna fight yeah. someone. <laughs> Fuck inventory system. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. I would be interested in... I think this is something we're probably going to read through more before we can, like, give a good talk about. But, like, yeah, it seems it seems really fun. I think there's a lot of... 
there is a temptation to play this just because it has like a little little fun things. Yeah, there is a tutorial uh, PDF included in the playtest material, so I highly recommend giving that a read. In yeah. fact, Gil uh, RPG also says, "Hey, play this first, so you can get an idea of what you should be doing when you go into the yeah. Grim Realm." It's something that every game needs. Yeah, you need a preparation before going to the Grim Realm. Um, yeah. Uh, so. With with our news segment done, uh, 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 I think we we should probably move on to to some shout outs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so so this is basically where we shout out like things we're up to, um, and also things we should uh, uh check out. I think we've given a lot of uh, recommendations today. I'm very excited about pretty much everything we talked about, and I'm sort of uh excited to see that. Um, so. I've been, I'm I've been writing a lot. I've been like doing a bunch of little things. Um, uh, the zeitgeist currently is queer pirates because of our flag means death, and uh, I basically have been working before I even saw that show on a uh, a queer pirate comic, um, and also a Shakespeare, uh, kind of thing about a, a terrible god. Uh, it's it's for a uh, a a design called the uh, Verse of the Deep, mm. uh, which is a fanzine of the webcomic Tiger Tiger, which is a really cool um, story about a uh, a woman who who dresses up as her twin and takes his ship and goes off to uh, to investigate to like you know uh to investigate sponges specifically but it's sort of like it is sort of this cool maritime uh like kind of like slow burning drama it is it is very queer because it's like focusing on um sort of a building romance between two two of the characters and like cool little like flashbacks and there's also like i said before there is a god who is a, a trickster god who is who is determined to end the world uh, called Maldoror. Um and uh, I basically heard about this thing. I read the whole webcomic, was deeply drawn to it. Um, I wrote a Hamlet type like Shakespeare play excerpt, and I also wrote a uh, uh, a climactic fight scene with um, another artist um, who is called uh, Moino Moino, I believe. I'm not really sure of the pronunciation there. Uh, but we collaborated on like a fun little comic that will be in that. I'm um, not really sure where it's come out, but we've just basically finalized a lot of the art and I'm very curious to see how that goes. And it's really fun to see something I wrote being published. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Cole? Uh, for me, so last week, which time recording, this was June 12th. Uh, June 5th. Yeah, 5th. Uh, was the halfway mark for Fire and the Dark of yes. the first season, which is over at Huntsman's Hydra. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That was an episode. Uh, so I'm real excited Happy to get episode? to that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, got to add some really interesting twists to it. And I'm real excited to dig into that more. And next week on the 19th, we'll be continuing that story. I've been told we are going to be going to, we'll be doing some, uh, paying some debts in a gambling casino is my understanding. Giving a very okay. vague idea of what episode six would look like. And okay. 
in the uh, at the beginning of this month, uh, I will be preparing for a draft for the Rocket League minor league esports team I uh, manage as a general manager. You can check us out over at MLE Sports GG. Uh, <laughs> that is their Twitch channel. When the draft comes out, you can also check us out during games. You can go to, I believe, uh, it's MLE Sports. Uh, MLE Sports to actually see what the lineup and game schedule will be like for us. Uh, double check, make sure I got that the right one. Da, da, da. Yeah, MLE Sports GG will bring you to our website. We get to learn more about the franchise and the organization itself. Uh, we had a huge restructuring recently, which will be very interesting to see. Who knows? I might be playing this season, but chances are I'll probably be staying on the sidelines, shouting at my team to do their best. Yeah, uh, if you, I love the idea of like a sports team where the manager like turns up and plays. Like that's probably not your situation, but I'm just like a manager. Yeah, <laughs> like well, I can do it. Well, this is the thing. MLE is a great organization to build up skills, and mm. so we have a general manager position. We have a franchise manager. Franchise manager is my friend DJ. You can actually go listen to DJ's music on Spotify and SoundCloud at DJ Sing. Uh, mm. Sing spelled S I N G H. And DJ spelled D-E-E-J-A-A-Y. Uh, really great music from DJ. But not only is he the franchise manager, which means he kind of is my boss in this sense, he also runs the admissions process. He also moderates the entire Discord of over a thousand people. Um, Ooh, he helps with a lot of the planning and organizing. And he we just got done. he just got done running a tournament for us that was also doubling as a tryout. Which was really fun and really interesting to watch people play. Uh, if you like Rocket League, if you like car soccer, and you want to find a neat little community and build yourself up, come check us out. Uh, we accept people from all over. We got people over in Europe playing right now, and while a lot of our players on the East Coast, everyone's playing wherever they can, really. Uh, what else did I have? That's really cool. Oh, I forgot to say, Fire in the Dark, that's over at Huntsman's Hydra, and you can listen to Huntsman's yes. Hydra on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, um, and you can watch us live on Twitch, 2 p.m. every Sunday, or you can check out Denari's <laughs> Half Dozen every Tuesday at 8 p.m. EST. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I I have one more thing to shout out that I just remembered. Uh, I... I have released my game. I think I like I last last time I mentioned uh, there was a Goblin Jam that has like a bunch of things on it. I'm not sure if I shout out the game, but I released a game. It's called The Little Bastards. It's about you play as a Rumpelstiltskin. You go around doing weird stuff. If you eat food, you gain its power. You can decide what power that is. Like you can eat a stick and you gain the power long. You can eat a rope. Get the power can be tied into knots, and uh, it, it recently got released. Um, there's also a bunch of really fun games in the Gronky Steve. Hold on, I'll try and find it. Uh, <clears throat> Gronky Steve. Uh, there's a really good. If you just search for Steve, will it turn up? Uh, I'll cut all this out. Um, da, 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 da. this is getting cut out while you're searching for a thing and i'm just gonna keep singing and this is all i got to do as i'm looking okay i got it i got it i got it damn it 
so uh, it is part of the uh, Sloppy Steve and the Grinky Girls present Mud and Gunk and Dirt, uh, which has a bunch of really fun submissions, um, uh, which I'm keen to sort of go through and have a read through. Um, particularly shouts out to my friend um, Halcyon, um, who has a game called uh, You Have One Job, which is about a bunch of goblins trying to do their little jobs and getting incredibly distracted. <laughs> and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, adorable. Really, really enjoyed reading through that one. Um, and yeah, so go check out that one. And yeah, buy my game. All right. Uh, that was uh, Inside the Table, a tabletop RPG show. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, I was Marley and continue to be Marley. Uh, you can follow me at minor underscore Lenahan. Uh, and I was joined by my co-host. Hi there, y'all. I am Cole. Once again, I have Shao and will always be Cole. Unless I'm playing a different character, then I will be that character instead. And again, my pronouns are he, him, they, them. And you can follow me at Twitter at IceColeBrew. Uh, 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 do follow this podcast at Inside the Table. Uh, you can send us an email at InsideTheTable at uh, gmail.com if you have any questions uh and yeah i think that's it if yeah. there's if there's anything have i missed anything uh if you are listening to this uh podcast on any of your favorite podcatchers feel free to leave a review and tell us what you think about the show as well and if you think there's a game that we should pay attention to maybe even give it a play feel free to send that at uh tweet us at inside the table or send to our email at inside the g inside the table at gmail.com not inside the gmail i don't want to be what inside what if you do Google. inside the gmail spinoff key uh like uh <laughs> podcast about our favorite gmail accounts oh god that's worse <laughs> yeah all right well uh that'll be all from us thanks very much for listening goodbye bye cheerio And we're out. I need to remember to mute my Discord when we record because my voice has, like, my uh, fucking Discord keeps on pinging. I'm like, why am I getting a message? I, I haven't heard anything. Okay. It might be, like, heard on your recording, but oh, yeah. it hasn't come across on mine. I don't think it'll be coming through my recording, So, uh, since this guy's only supposed to pick up my mic. Only supposed yeah. to pick up this nice, smooth, sexy voice. Ugh. This delightful, it's delicious... It's like ASMR. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me right, just whisper cool. into uh, your ears and you know tickle them uh, ear. <laughs> uh, it's kryptonite uh all right i'm gonna stop recording all right uh i'm gonna oh wait we should clap <laughs>